0: Ben Roethlisberger had some comments about Kenny Pickett on his podcast, Footballing with Ben Roethlisberger. We'll talk about those comments and where we think we where we think people will stand after he said some things about admitting that he was kind of rooting against Kenny Pickett and the Steelers and how he changed over time. We'll talk about that and get you ready for OTAs, which start Tuesday for the Pittsburgh Steelers, as well as some Pirates talk. Chris Carter here with Ray Fidapato and Jason Mackey on the North Shore Drive podcast. It's, mon- it's Monday, y'all. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipaldo, our Steam Steelers beat writer. We do the show Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. You can find all our Pittsburgh Post Gazette sports content at post-gazette.com. Subscribe to, the, to to our newspaper to get all of our great content there, but if you want all this great content, all you have to do is subscribe on YouTube or on any of our podcasting apps. This, this show comes out Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, but we have daily content that comes out from all of our different writers here at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. We thank you for checking us out here and uh, continue to Check us out. Ray, it's Monday, and I was thinking, man, we're going to have a nice week of just talking about OTAs, and it's going to be lovely, and sunshine, it's supposed to be 70 degrees all week. And then Ben Roethlisberger drops a podcast episode over the weekend where he has Kenny Pickett on the show, and he admits to some personal feelings of his where it comes down to what he, or how he felt about Kenny Pickett, starting his career for, for Pittsburgh. And he admits uh, some level of selfishness in saying that he wasn't exactly, you didn't want to see him succeed in, in, in Pittsburgh. And he admits, he's like, that was selfishness of me. I feel bad for it, but I think you're the future of this team, and I'm excited to, for you. And he talked about how, you know, Early on, he kind of had those feelings, but then when he saw how Kenny Pickett was fighting, even when the Steelers were losing, but the fight that he saw inspired him and made him want to root for him, and he does think that Kenny Pickett is the future franchise quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think there's a lot of things to take from this, whether it's Ben admitting, like having the honesty to admit hey, man, like, I didn't feel great about this when you started, but I love you now. I think there's appreciation for that. But there's also the sense that it's like, man, you're the prince of Pittsburgh. You can do whatever you want for the rest of you. You're like, no, you are, you are golden in this town. I it, it was Ben Long to admit this in public, or do you think this was positive public discourse here by the, you know, soon-to-be Hall of Fame quarterback?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I have two takeaways from that interview with Kenny, and specifically the – you know, the most talked about segment that, that you're referencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one is Ben doesn't have a filter. He doesn't um, even when it's something that makes him look bad, he doesn't have a filter which is yeah. is strange to a lot of people. Um, I honestly don't know who would have those same feelings really, a lot of people I don't think you know who would be even in that boat you know some people retire they say, hey, you know I'm rooting for this guy you know some people hey, Maybe they do have that little bit of selfishness or whatever in them, but you don't verbalize it, right? So that's takeaway number one. Number two, which I think is probably the biggest takeaway that Steelers fans can talk about in the long term after all this fuss is over, is Ben Roethlisberger thinks Kenny Pickett is the real deal. And uh, everything that – that jives with everything that I'm hearing – from within that Steelers building. Um, they all believe in this guy. They think he has it. Um, obviously only going into year two. Mm-hmm. You know, Year one was like a game manager type situation. But Ben Roethlisberger is a believer in Kenny Pickett. So after everyone gets all the, uh, you know, the drama out of their system, I, th- you know, I think that's going to be the biggest takeaway from th- this interview, at least for me.
0: I, I I feel you on that, and I think that's where you know because there there are, there, are rookie, there are quarterbacks that get drafted, and there's people that don't believe in them. I mean, look at Malik Willis; the, he was the next quarterback taken in the Kenny Pickett's draft, and they've already drafted his the, the, the guy that's going to come after him in Will Levis this year uh, at, at the Tennessee Titans. So, like you know, I, I think that's a positive thing. I just I feel like there's that side. I'm I'm split. I'm kind of like you. I have multiple takeaways here. I think it's great that Ben Roethlisberger can bring truth to a situation where I bet you there's thousands of athletes in the course of not just football, but all the sports who felt like when their time was called, when they retired or things ended with their season, with their career, that they felt that like they had one more in them, that they felt like that they, you know, I, you know what, why did they let me go? I got, I gave them so much. Why did they have to do that to me? And so I think Ben Roethlisberger giving a voice to that is a bit of honesty in a sports conversation that we don't have, the, you know, I, I, th- I think a whole lot, but I also think, This is the organization that paid him $267 million. This is the organization that stood by him with multiple sexual assault allegations that were put out there. This is the organization that kept him on the, uh, that made him the focal point and never put it. He was never booed in Heinz field for 18 seasons and gave him the sendoff of sendoffs. Like he was magic Johnson or Kobe Bryant in that, but you remember that Browns game where, uh, you, know, you know, he was, he didn't, even, he didn't even play that well that game, but the thank you Ben chance, the way he got to walk around the field and the, the walking off everything I think the Steelers could have done right by Ben Roethlisberger. They did right. So if there's people that out there that have gripes about it, I feel you because it's just like, honestly like you would root against that team no matter who they drafted after you. Cause again, they didn't draft Kenny Pickett while he was there. They drafted him the next season right. like after, after he retired. So I feel that, but I also feel what your point is, is that for him to come around and admit I was selfish. I think that shows growth. I think that's a, positive spin I think that that's and also like you said it shows confidence even in the guy who wanted to who had that self reverence a little bit there even even in that he believes in Kenny Pickett and he's rooting for Kenny Pickett and the fact that Kenny Pickett won him over I think speaks volumes to not just Kenny Pickett but also Ben Roethlisberger
1: yeah absolutely um I lied three takeaways
0: Oh, okay Um, (laughs)
1: Uh, and I think Ben has said this um, before, but maybe he said this the loudest um, over the weekend. He thought he could still play. Yeah. Right. Um, we heard those rumors about the 49ers at the end of the last season. They reached out um, about him possibly coming. Um, you know, Ben didn't want to put on a different uniform. But, you know, there's still part of Ben that thought he could have still been playing last season, back in 2022. Mm-hmm. So, listen, there, there are just some guys, um, you know, I, I tend to think that 2021 was probably the right time to move on from the Steelers, right? I mean, I think even though play, uh, Ben played well at times and led them to a lot of comebacks, there were limitations with his game, right? I yeah. Mean, the lack of mobility and, um, you, know, he, he, you know, he was clearly trending downward, albeit not in a steep decline, but his game – had slowly started yeah, to come back. That was
0: the worst version of Ben Roethlisberger we had seen.
1: Yeah, and he still won. I mean, he still got yeah. them to the. And he still they, won games. He still got got them to the. You know, um, to the playoffs. The playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I, I I just think that's that's who he is, and I think all great athletes have that in them. Right? They think they can keep playing. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady was probably in a similar situation. Um. You know his, his final season, he didn't go out um, mm-hmm. it, with a playoff berth, um, and he just wanted to keep playing. So great athletes always have that. Look at Michael Jordan. So that's not the the strange part about this. The strange part about it is just you know Ben verbalizing it. And hey, listen, you know we were talking off the air, right? Ben's yeah. podcast is what the sixth most listened to or watch podcast. Yep, uh, among uh, pro football well, podcasts, um, exactly. In the country, right, so. Um, he's doing a good job of um, getting his product out there and people want to tune in every single week. And he gets good guests too, right? Bill Cowher, Kenny yeah. Pickett. It's not just like a Steelers audience. There are people around the country who are paying attention to this.
0: In In 15 hours, that episode with – Big, with Ben Roethlisberger and Kenny Pickett, has 70,000 views on YouTube. Mind you, the, the six most listened to podcasts, that's just Apple Podcasts. That's just measuring one lane there. So he's dominating audio waves. He's dominating YouTube. Like, if we ever got 70,000 views on, a, on an episode here at Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, we might be able to retire. We'd be like, yeah, hey, we won. But, like, he he's obviously killing it. And he's and, and I get that and he has that platform he's using it and that's awesome that he's that that he's using it. and I think he's again there's honesty that he's bringing there I just you know and I think that there's there's a bit of you know relations because the last franchise quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers before him was Terry Bradshaw Terry didn't have great relationships with with the city of Pittsburgh he didn't come back often in fact when he was invited to come back on the field he brought his daughters with him because he was scared he might get booed but Terry also had some years where. He wasn't liked in Pittsburgh. He was booed. They hung him in effigy with a noose. They they hung a stuffed Terry Bradshaw in the stadium because people hated him so much. I get why he might feel that way. I just I feel like man, Ben Roethlisberger, whew, you shoot from the hip, but isn't that who he's always been as Absolutely. a quarterback? He just yeah. came out. I don't care. I'm a gunslinger, man. I'm gonna throw the ball how I like, and I'm gonna talk on my podcast how I like.
1: And that I think is the interesting part about this is he's just being himself. Oh, he, he did it week to week, um, you know, with us throughout his career, right? You know, yeah. he talked mostly on Wednesdays throughout his career. Um, how many times did he just make major news out of that? You know, whether it's, you know, good or bad, right? Criticizing James Washington for, for not making a play or, you know, I, I can go on and on the whole thing that mm-hmm. led to AB's exit, right? You know, yep. um, so, I mean, there there are countless situations that I can recall, where he would make news when he would talk to us once a week. So I, I guess we should. On his surprised. radio show. I mean, on his radio show more so than what he would do with us, right? So, mm-hmm. again, I guess he always knew how to sell, um, you know, uh, his media side of things. And I don't know. Ben never struck me as a guy who wanted to be on TV or anything like that. You know, he, he was never a guy. We went out and had major endorsements. And I I know that's probably a result of what happened mm-hmm. early in his career. But listen, as you said, if he wanted to make this um, a more of a professional endeavor, if he didn't have small kids that he wanted to, to watch in their sporting endeavors and, and all that stuff, you know, Ben could probably make a go of it because he's pretty good at what he does yeah. with that podcast.
0: He really is. It's successful. I, I one thing I suggest is if you read the comments on Twitter or whatever, go see them for yourself. Because I think reading them in print doesn't do justice to the temperament that I think Ben Roethlisberger showed when he was making the comments. So go to his football and podcast, watch the actual clip. There's plenty of clips of it on on, 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 uh, Twitter by now. So go find the clip, listen to it for yourself, and then think about it. But I do think it's a very interesting conversation to have about the last franchise quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the potential next franchise quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Kenny Pickett. But let's talk about Kenny Pickett because OTAs are coming up. We'll get to OTAs, what we expect, and what we expect to see here from the Pittsburgh Steelers as they kick off on Tuesday. We'll be right back talking about that here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Back here on the North Shore Drive Podcast, Chris Carter and Ray Apollo talking Pittsburgh Steelers here. We're moving on from the Ben Roethlisberger, Kenny Pickett side of things, and let's talk about Kenny Pickett himself and how – Things are going to be different, these OTAs. OTAs now start off as far as media availabilities to attend OTAs and talk to players on Tuesday. So we will be in the building at the facility uh, talking to the players as they get back, not just the rookies anymore, but also the veterans who are coming back for OTAs. And we, I think we expect to see Kenny Pickett. And this is a different tone now this year. Last year was just the excitement of the rookie coming in. He's behind Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky. Now you're going to have those two guys back, but you're going to have Kenny Pickett being there, being the lead guy, working with the first team. Ray, what do you foresee Kenny Pickett and how he's going to handle his first year being the guy from start to finish?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a totally different situation than what it was last year. I mean, last year at this time, Kenny Pickett was taking third team reps, right? And he was just yeah. – they were, they were bringing him along slowly, and uh, they had a plan for him, but we all know what happened now – Uh, He's coming back, taking over a team uh, that should be a top-10 team defensively. Uh, They have all the pieces to be really, really good again on that side of the ball. And this is a football team that over the offseason, they really built it around Kenny Pickett. They fortified that front. They went out and got him some help on the offensive line, both in free agency and in the NFL draft. And I think there are expectations this year that uh, are much higher than what they were last year. And Kenny Pickett took over um, a month into the season. So, um, you know, I, I think this is a team that uh, should have playoff uh, playoff expectations. And if they don't, um, uh, they're in the wrong business because this team is built to win right now. They have the defense. Uh, they have their quarterback. And they went over the offseason. And they made some moves to make that offense um, a little bit more um, prolific from from certainly what it was last year. So there are still some question marks that they have to answer, Chris. But this is Kenny Pickett's show now, and I think the expectations are high entering uh, twenty twenty three.
0: I agree. The expectations are high, and I think that there's um, I think that there's going to be a level of interest in how he takes things. I, I I guarantee you this too. Not to revisit the the overall conversation we just had in the first segment, but I guarantee you. The first or second question Kenny Pickett will be asked is about that podcast and how Ben Roethlisberger is. And I guarantee you he finds a way to shrug it off because as as a guy who covered him at the, at at the university of Pittsburgh, that's what he does. He doesn't buy, he doesn't want to buy into the hype. He's, he's there. Like he like, he'll acknowledge it. He'll be like, okay, yeah, that happened. And that was a thing. But at the same time, I'm just here to focus on growing with my guys. And I think that he's going to push past this in a whole different way. And I think that that's, what's going to be interesting is to see, how he pushes past it, how he how how he takes it, in, and how are the guys receiving him? You know how are the, how are his teammates you know taking to him in the locker room, and what kind of temperament is sent set by some of these younger leaders? Because we know how Cam Hayward's going to be. We know how TJ Watt and Nicky Fitzpatrick guys that have been there for years now. But I think that there's that upcoming set of leaders, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Najee Harris is a third-year player. Pat Fryermuth as a third-year player. Kenny Pickett is a second-year player. Um, those guys stepping up and starting to set a tone for, hey, the offensive side of the ball needs to make significant improvements, and we all have to rally around each other. And I think it'll be interesting to see how those voices become leaders and faces in the Steelers' locker room that are improved status from previous years.
1: Yeah, when I say this team is built to win now, you have to understand how the way the NFL works um, in in the modern era. So Najee Harris is going into year three of a four-year rookie contract, year five if they want to pick up that fifth-year option. Pat Fryermuth is going into year three of a four-year rookie contract. Um, So, like, they they have the pieces around him, but, you know, you should probably take advantage of these guys when they're young – and they're playing on cheap contracts because it doesn't get any easier to retain guys um, when you draft them high and when they produce. So I, I fully expect Pat Fryermuth to have a really good year, Najee Harris to have a really good year again. Mm-hmm. And they should do it because they're in the primes of their career and they kind of were allowed to play early and they were allowed to grow into their roles. And there's no reason that those guys shouldn't, um, you know, Najee Harris should put up. 1,200 rushing yards this season, Chris. He should score 10 to 12 touchdowns with, I agree. with the way um, they built that uh, that offensive line around him. You know, Pat Fryermuth, he's probably, you know, his goals, it's hard to say, you know, the touchdowns went down from his rookie year to, to last season, mostly because of the quarterback change, I, I, I think. But, you know, if they give Kenny a little bit more of the playbook and they trust him a little bit more, Pat Fryermuth can go back to scoring six, seven, eight touchdowns. I think he's the third best receiving Mm -hmm. option on this team after Deontay Johnson and uh, and George Pickens. So, um, you know, he's a guy who's going to step up. So, I mean, that's where the expectations come from. I mean, it's a year-to-year thing in the NFL. Um, Nothing is guaranteed. You could try to build and, and try to hit it right, but this team is built to win now, and I'm really excited to get down to OTAs on Tuesday and see how this comes together.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking at that. Ray, who's a player that we're not talking about enough that you think that you're really interested to see how they take in this year's lead up to the season. Maybe a player that's going to be at OTAs that isn't necessarily the talk of the town right now, but yeah. someone that you're like, how will this guy take on this year?
1: Yeah. I mean, I could go a couple of different directions there. I mean, George Pickens, um, you know, I mm-hmm. wrote about this on Monday. Um you know, if he gets more targets, I mean, he had 800 yards, and I think in half the targets that Deontay Johnson had, right? And they both both produced the same, uh, about the same amount of yards. I know Deontay maybe had a few more yards than him, but if George Pickens can get that trust of the coaching staff and get the trust of Kenny Pickens, I think he's another guy. There's no reason George Pickens shouldn't have his first 1,000 yard season this year, and go from what four touchdowns. To eight or nine touchdowns. There's no reason that that can't happen. I, you know, I understand Matt Canada has to put him in position, um, you know, the, the whole nine yards. But he is their most talented offensive player. Taking the quarterback out of out of the equation, mm-hmm. he is their most physically gifted offensive player. So I, I think I need to see him take the next step. And also, like secondarily, like how do guys like Isaac Sayamalu fit in? We just heard last mm-hmm. week about. Jason Kelsey praising him. So I'm excited to see how he fits in. Um, what will they do tomorrow? Will they will they put Broderick Jones with the ones? Or are they going to make him earn it? Um, is Patrick Peterson going to line up outside? Is he also going to line up uh, in different places? I mean, they might not unveil all of this stuff right now, but you know, it, it's at it, the very least it's going to be interesting to see how they approach this in the spring, where they put these guys um, and how they progress throughout this offseason.
0: I agree. It's a very interesting point to see how they're going to line up on both sides of the ball with the changes that they've made and the temperament of how the, how these players are going to you know take in some of these new guys. Uh, but the Steelers, they've always prided themselves on stability. I think that they put themselves in a in a position to remain stable and to and to carry that forward. We'll see how the first step of that for the new season as these veterans come in for the first times. We've seen them practice since the end of the the last season. We'll get all of that here at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. If you want instant coverage of that, get go, make sure you follow Ray. Apollo, Brian Backo, Jerry Dulak, all of our Steelers guys who will be at the facility all week long. And of course, we'll be back here on the Wednesday episode of the, the North Shore Drive podcast, talking about what we saw from that and carrying forward the conversation on the Pittsburgh Steelers and how they're handling OTAs. Ray, thanks so much for joining us here. We're not done, though. We're going to talk about these Pittsburgh Pirates because there were some glimpses of hope but some still some disappointment in their, in their series over the weekend. We'll talk about that with Jason Mackey, who was on hand to cover those games. Stick with us here on the North Shore Drive podcast. We'll be right back. E We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, your host here. We switched topics to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and we've got Jason Mackey, our Pirates beat reporter, who's always on the case here in Pittsburgh. Jason, they the Pirates lost the series to the Diamondbacks, uh, one to two. They won thirteen to three on Friday. They were so close to winning on Saturday, lost four to three, and then Sunday they lose eight to three. I want to take us back to Saturday though, when they pulled Mitch Keller. Who's been on fire for you? And there was a lot of criticism in that move. Did you feel like it was the right move?
2: It just didn't work out, or did you feel like, man, they should have let Keller stick it out in that situation? They should have let Keller pitch, Chris. That—that's yeah. my opinion. I—I um, I don't think I hid that well. Um, obviously, Ron <laughs> wrote a, the opinion piece off of that. That I just—it's the wrong move, man. Uh, Mitch Keller is pitched like an ace, treat him like an ace. If the guy's getting hit around, if he's not fine in the strike zone, fine. I mean, I get it, manage the game. That wasn't the case for Mitch. Um, He gave up one run the ball didn't leave the infield. He hit one guy, didn't walk anybody. Like, come on. And, And you're saying he got out of his delivery was the explanation. Okay, well, at what point does he deserve the chance to get back in his delivery? And I would argue that Mitch earned that right. He gave up one run in the inning. I'd let him start the seventh inning. I don't want to go to my bullpen there. Um, I think Derek Shelton has the tendency to want to get to his bullpen. He sees six innings from the starter. That's good enough. We can go seven, eight, nine. And I understand that line of thinking. Like, Robert Stevenson has been good. But what disappointed me in that decision is not treating Keller like, you know. I mean, frankly, I, I've used the analogy with kids before. Like I have a four or nine-year-old. If my nine-year-old exhibits adult behavior, I'm going to afford him adult responsibility. I'm going to treat him like a big boy. Well, Um, Mitch Keller has pitched like a big boy. Treat him like one. You know, those guys aren't taken out after 84 pitches. Um, You know, I guess that's a raise thing. You could sort of dial it back to Blake Snell a couple years ago in the World Series. But I just, man, I don't like it. It's my ace. I'm rolling with him.
0: I'm I'm with you, man. And especially when it's not like – you have an entire uh, an entire roster of pitchers that are superstars right now. You know, like it'd be it'd be yeah. different if if everyone in your bullpen if you were handing them over to the bullpen to the best bullpen in baseball and well, that they had Chris, been on fire Chris,
2: recently. Let me, let me jump in on that real quick. Like that's what we're talking about. Yeah, they have a really good eighth and ninth inning guy. I'll I'll yeah. I'll take Colin Holderman and David. Let Beckham. him ride to get Just there. Just get Mitch. He had sixteen pitches left before he got to hundred. Give him a chance to try the seventh. All of a sudden, we've gotten the ball to Colin Holderman, David Bednar, Let them work. That, to me, that's the easiest thing you could do. I, I agree, and, and I, I, so we're on the same page there. That was that was a legitimate
0: mistake that we agree upon that w- that was made by by the Pirates here. But let's also talk about other aspects of the Pirates here. The bats have done a little bit better in, re- in recent games. They at at one point, the Pirates had had won three out of four, uh, winning. Uh, splitting the, the series with the Tigers winning the last game against the Orioles then winning the first game against the Diamondbacks so there was a little bit of hope okay maybe they're turning things around maybe something's coming back they scored 13 runs against the Diamondbacks on on Friday um, and they at least scored three runs in two losses against the Diamondbacks where they were not doing they were not there there were a few games they were getting shut out there uh, during the stretch uh, where they were where they were falling down the rankings here but Have you seen something from the Pirates' bats that might be suggesting
2: that they're figuring some things out, getting back to what they were doing right in April? I've seen blips of it, Chris. And what I mean by that, like Brian Hayes on Saturday, um, Mm -hmm. his face is clearing triple. That was a really excellent swing from Hayes, and we've seen a little bit of that. Now, weirdly, that all disappeared yesterday. And I don't know whether Mm -hmm. yesterday was just one of those games for the Pirates, whether it was Merrill Kelly from the Diamondbacks being really good, but I have seen blips of it. Um, I like McCutcheon up in the leadoff spot. Tukapita Marcano has been better at shortstop. Rodolfo Castro was hit. I think you might see something starting to gel at shortstop and second base. Um, Brian Reynolds, I, I don't have any concern there. I know people have been uh, sort of growing in frustration or expecting him to do more, or at least maybe I made the mistake of listening to the postgame show on the fan yesterday. I'm not sure <laughs> which. People were angry about that one. But, um, no, I, I've seen stuff start to turn – Look, this their offense was never going to be as good as it was in April. That was crazy. They were punching above their weight. They're not as bad as they've been in May either. They need mm-hmm. to be getting on base. They're going to show flashes of power. But if they're getting on base and they're running smartly, another thing they haven't necessarily done lately, pushing, pushing the issue with base runners and such, they can do those things. And I think we're seeing signs of it.
0: Now, standings-wise, they're only still a game back in the Central. So – Despite the fall and everything that they've been dealing with, they're very much still hanging in there. They're two games above 500. But now they're about to play a team that has the third most win- it's tied for the third most wins in baseball yeah. in the Texas Rangers. They're 29 and 17. They they're in first place in the American League West West Division ahead of the Houston Ast- Astros by, by the way. What is going to be talked about this Rangers team that they're about to face in the next
2: three games. So, the offense is what stands out to me. Chris, oh boy. and this is a massive offense. Um, they do it a couple different ways, but uh, I saw a stat yesterday. I don't know whether it was on at and or something I was looking at. Um, they lead the major leagues by a fairly wide margin in games where they've scored double-digit runs. This team can put it on you in a hurry. Um, Adales Garcia is their sort of big bopper. Um, has a bunch of home runs, 13-14, something in that range leads the major league in RBIs. Um, but this is a very scary offense, one through nine. It puts a lot on the Pirates' pitchers. And tonight, for instance, it, it worries me a little bit, what we've seen out of Luis Ortiz the past two starts. It's a big test for him. Um, I'm not sure he's faced an offense like this in his major league career. Rich Hill certainly has. Um, he gets the ball tomorrow. But that's what worries me about this Rangers team is just their ability to hit, ability to get on base, ability to hit for power. Do all of it. If they get hot, oh boy, not gonna be good.
0: Yeah, and uh, now you don't have Mitch Keller to even pitch to help you in one of those situations and see yeah. if he could, you know, keep those bats quiet for a bit. A uh, little bit of a prediction here, Jason. Are they? Uh, I, I know that normally we ask if they win the series, but can they?
2: Can they at least avoid the sweep here? Do you see a matchup that <laughs> could work out for them? Marcus Simeon, by the way, was another name. It was it was in my brain rattling mm. around. I couldn't get it out, but it, it got to watch for. I think they'll avoid a sweep, Chris. I think they'll okay. get one. I don't think they'll get two of three. I think they lose another series, unfortunately. Well, well
0: who, who's the one here? Because they got Ortiz pitching um, today, Monday. They have Hill pitching Tuesday and Oviedo uh, pitching pit, pitching Wednesday. Who's the guy that's going to help them get the dub? I'm going to go with
2: Hill. I'm going to okay. say they win, they win tomorrow, uh, lose Monday and Wednesday.
0: All right, all right. I'm intrigued to see how this plays out. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see just how the Pirates keep keep taking role in this because eventually they're going to get to some. They, you know, they got St. Louis in a couple weeks here at the start at the start of June. So, the, uh, and they've got St. Louis at home. They'll have the they'll have the Oakland A's. They'll have some teams ahead of them that they can maybe start to right the ship against. But they're going to have some uh, turbulence before they before they even get there.
2: This new schedule's weird, man. This yeah, is, it is This is hitting me. It just occurred to me the other day, like. You know, we're we're winding down May, and we haven't seen the Cubs or the Brewers. Now there, there are weird. one road series in the beginning of June, but like mm-hmm. well, we saw the Reds once, Cardinals, I guess just once. Yeah, in St. yeah. That's St. it's very odd. It, you don't get. I don't, I don't feel like I have a as good of a feel for the division at this point, other than like it being largely mediocre as I did another year. Like we're playing the American League. Yeah, yeah. it seems like it's really strange, but. Uh, I guess maybe they do that on purpose and then you sort of narrow in the focus toward the end of the year, but yeah, I'm excited to see those guys.
0: And and Hey, I I think it's cool because as a kid, I I remember thinking like, you know what, like, like there were times where like they probably didn't play the American league enough. So I I like the the switching it up sometimes, but I feel you that like, they haven't played the Cubs or the Brewers yet, and they're in the same division. And we're talking about, you know, the, the second month of baseball is about to be over. So that is crazy to think about the, the changes here. And they got the the Rangers coming up. They've got Seattle after that, and then they'll be on the road in San Francisco, and then they'll get their first series of the season. Uh, no, excuse me, second series of the season against the, against the, uh, uh, the the Cardinals, and then after they play the A's and the Mets, then they will get their first series of the season against the Bears, uh, the, the Cubs, excuse me, and the Brewers uh, there. But before they can get through that they got to go through a tough team in the Texas Rangers. He's Jason Mackey. He'll be on hand at PNC Park for all the action. Get all of his great content at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette at post-gazette.com. Subscribe to get all of our great content there. And if you want more videos and podcasts like this, subscribe on any podcast channel or subscribe here on YouTube to get our Monday and Wednesday, Friday episodes here on the North Shore Drive podcast, as well as the daily content that comes out here as well from all of our Pittsburgh Post-Gazette guys here. Thanks so much for everyone for joining us. We'll be back Wednesday here on the North Shore Drive podcast, seeing how OTAs are going and how the, how the Pirates have fared in the Rangers series. All that and more here on the North Shore Drive podcast. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post for just $6, click the link down below in the description.